We express our praise and gratitude to Allah Ta'ala. We seek blessings on the Prophet, peace be upon him. Now we are on internal conflicts of the companions. Page 16. I wrote extensively on the internal conflicts of the companions, anhum, in my book, Al-Ittida'al. The Battle of Jamal was a fierce war that took place between Sayyidina Ali radiallahu anh and the mother of believers, Aisha radiallahu anha. Over 20,000 men died in this battle. Before the war began and, two, and the two armies pitched into battle, Sayyidina Ali radiallahu anh walked to the front, front lines and called out for Sayyidina Zubair radiallahu anh. When Sayyidina Zubair radiallahu anh stepped forward, they both hugged and cried. Sayyidina Ali radiallahu anh asked, What forces you to come here and oppose me? Sayyidina Zubair radiallahu anh answered, The blood of Sayyidina Uthman radiallahu anh. They both continued their discussion for a short time. This is the conduct of the commanders of two armies who were ready to fight and kill each other. After this, they fought and Sayyidina Ali radiallahu anh was victorious, capturing many prisoners. Many of Sayyidina Ali radiallahu anh's companions insisted these prisoners to be put to death. But Sayyidina Ali radiallahu anh refused and took bay'ah from them and forgave them. He, all, uh, he allowed their wealth to be taken as spoils of war, but refused to enslave them, as was the custom of victorious armies. Many soldiers objected. If you were going to make their wealth spoils of war, then why you should, why you sh- why, then you should also enslave them. At first, Sayyidina Ali remained quiet. But when they insisted, he said, Tell me who amongst you is willing to take your mother, Sayyidina Aisha, as your slave. They replied, Never. We ask for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's forgiveness. We can't do that, Sayyidina Ali radiallahu anhu said. And I also ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for his forgiveness. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> so we've spoken about this this whole event uh, in class. Mm-hmm. And one point to really think about is that if you've never been in war, it's very easy to forget how intense war is. That you have people who have just won a battle and still can maintain such composure. Um, it's a huge, huge thing. To put it in perspective... Think of the, the ayat that the Prophet peace be upon received at the conquest of Mecca. What surah did he receive? Do you know? Uh, surah Al-Fat. Uh, surah uh, surah Al-Nasr. Oh. Uh, surah Al-Fat comes uh, just before Hudaybiyah. Okay. And, and, and uh, so the, the Prophet peace be upon him, what is he told in Surah Al-Nasr? That, okay, So when you see the help of Allah come and the conquest, And you see, uh, and you see people entering to the deen of Allah in hordes, then what? فَصَبِّحْ So, glorify Allah, praising and be grateful to Allah, and seek His forgiveness. And so when he's entering into Mecca, his head is so low, it's almost touching the back, the neck of his camel. And think about what could have happened otherwise, that this was such a moment of exhilaration. Many of the Muslims from, from Mecca are now coming back after 10 years, uh, first 10 years of torture, and then on top of that, 10 years of exile. They're finally coming home, big, gigantic victory. And then you have all these other people who are brand new Muslims, for whom it could have been, you know, a moment of complete plundering. And this was, one way to understand this is that this is keeping everyone calm and serious. Because when you win a battle, it's not different than when, you know, a team wins the world championship in sports. You just lose your mind in, in, in excitement. And so the fact that they could win and have such composure is very, very important. Uh, war 
or completely, you know, does things to your brain. So. Do we ever keep the respect of the one who opposes us? Do we even respect those who oppose us in our personal issues as the companions anhum, respected who those who oppose them in times of war? At the very end of this battle, Sayyidah Aisha Anha's camel fell ill. Sayyidina Ali immediately announced, Watch out and make sure the mother of the believers is not hurt. After this, Sayyidina Ali reached the camel of the mother of the believers and said, O oh mother, are you injured or hurt? May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgive you for your mistake. Sayyidina Aisha replied, May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgive you as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is, uh, she's the mother of the believers. And that is the adab we're supposed to have, right? Not just with the Sahaba, but especially the mother of the believers. We know how we're supposed to treat our own mothers, and these are the mothers of the believers. So. This was the conduct of the companions of the Allah toward their opponents and their respect for them. What would we do if our rivals came in our hands? Would we spare them with? Uh, would we spare them their lives, their wealth, or their honor? The Battle of Sifin was the famous battle between Sayyiduna Ali radiallahu an and Sayyiduna Muawiyah radiallahu an. Many historians historians narrate that the two armies fought throughout the day, but once darkness fell, the soldiers of one army walked to the, walked out to the other and participated in their funeral prayer and the burial of their dead. And if one party was confused on some ruling of the Sharia, they sent out some of their men to learn the rulings from the other side. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's I mean this stuff sounds almost like fantasy. Right, and we're not just saying that it's weird. We're saying that this is possible, right? And really, really take it, uh, take this seriously. That this is how strong of character a person can become, right? That you're doing these things. Okay. <coughs> the emperor of the Byzantine Empire tried to exploit this division within the Muslims. When Sayyidina Muawiyah found out, he sent a letter to the Byzantine emperor. If you had made this, if you have made the decision to attack, then I swear by Allah Subhanahu wa Taala, I will make peace with Ali radiAllahu an, and I will be in you in the front lines of the army that Sayyidina Ali radiAllahu an dispatches against you. We will destroy the city of Constantinople and uproot your government like carrots and turnips. Mm-hmm. That's pretty straightforward, right? Yeah. The story behind this is that the Byzantine emperor wrote a letter to Sayyidina Muawiyah radiAllahu an, saying, Ali radiAllahu an is a thorn in your side. I will dispatch an army to aid you. In reply, Sayyidina Muawiyah said, O oh, oh, Christian dog, you want to take advantage of our difference of opinion? Remember, if you squint your eyes in the direction of, of Ali, Muawiyah will come as a soldier of Ali's army to gouge out your eyes. Likewise, it is narrated that Sayyidina Muawiyah said, I swear by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Ali radiallahu an is a better and great is better and greater than me, and I only oppose him because of the blood of Uthman radiallahu an. If he avenges the blood of Uthman radiallahu an, I will be the first in the of the people of Sham, Greater Syria, to take Bayah on his hands. Okay, so this is a very very important point. Um, he is fighting him over the matter of justice, right? And built into that is that okay, if you don't have the authority, the strength to do this, then let me do it, right? And also, there's a ayat, like when you read about Fir'aun in the Qur'an, at one level, it's the history of Fir'aun. At another level, it's giving us all the different techniques that uh, a pharaoh-type tyrant does. And Surat al-Qasas, near the beginning, one of the strategies of Fir'aun is to keep people separated. And that's what this person is trying to do, the Byzantine emperor is trying to do. Mm-hmm. And that's what our current president is trying to do, keep people separated from each other, keep them fighting each other. And then he loots everybody. Yeah, and, and so, 
Mo'awiyah is easily seeing past this. May Allah be pleased with him. Mo'awiyah is also important in this category because he becomes Muslim all the way at the very end of the life of the Prophet, peace be upon him, because he was young. Um, I mean, his father and mother became uh, Muslim at the, father becomes Muslim at the time of the conquest of Mecca. His mother becomes Muslim uh, even later, right? Or the father becomes Muslim just before Fatah Mecca, and mother and son become Muslim uh, shortly after, right? Okay, continue. It's quite interesting because you see these, like, these individuals, like the way they see even politics is like through the lens of the Quran. Yeah, for Like, again, like a place, a uh, level that somebody can strive to attain or something. Mm-hmm. Like that. That's a key point. When you read these stories, like even like, you know, when we read all these other stories of scholars yeah. and we feel like we've done nothing in our life, mm-hmm. also look at that as inspiration for what you can accomplish. Maybe you won't accomplish what they have, you'll accomplish something different, inshallah. Right. <clears throat> Once during the rule of Sayyidina Muawiyah radiallahu anh, a man named Ibn Khaybari caught his wife with another man. Unable to control himself, he killed the adulterer. When the case came to Sayyidina Muawiyah, he didn't know how to decide it. Due to the circumstances of the crime, he was hesitant about executing the murderer. Sayyidina Muawiyah wrote on Sayyidina Abu Musa, Abu Musa al-Ashari to ask the correct ruling on this issue from Sayyidina Ali. Could we ever admit our ignorance in front of our rivals? Would we be able to inquire from them about something we did not know? The truth is that we, may, we would not trust our rivals in any situation. Many incidents of this kind occurred between Sayyidina Ali radiallahu anh and Sayyidina Muawiyah radiallahu anh, which, uh, which have been compiled by Shaykh Yusuf in his book Hayatul Sahaba. Once Darar ibn Damura Kinani, a staunch supporter of Sayyidina Ali radiallahu anh, came to Sayyidina Muawiyah radiallahu anh after Sayyidina Ali radiallahu anh's death. Sayyidina Muawiyah radiallahu anh said, Describe Ali, Ali radiallahu anh for me. He asked, O leader of the believers, will you excuse me from this? I will not, you must, I will not, you must describe him to me, replied Sayyidina Muawiyah radiallahu anh. Said, uh, then Darar spoke, If I must tell you, then listen. Sayyidina Ali radiallahu anh, I swear by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, was an exalted person and very strong. He was straightforward in whatever he said and ruled with justice. Knowledge streamed from his, ev- his every angle and intelligence poured f- forth from every part. The material world and its beauty and ornamentation disquiet- uh, disquieted him. I swear by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he cried copiously and pondered a lot. He f- would flip his palms while addressing himself. He liked simple cloth and preferred coarse food. I swear by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he lived amongst us as if he was one of us. When we visited him, he would sit, uh, uh, sit us near him, and whatever we asked, he would answer. Despite his simplicity in mingling with us, he did not have the courage to speak to him because we of uh, uh, oh, we did not have the courage to speak to him because of our reverence and awe of him. And when we, he when he laughed, his teeth were like string pearls. He respected the pious and loved the poor. Never did a strong and rich man hope to win in his wrongdoing, nor was a poor and weak man unhopeful of his fairness and his ability to mete out justice to, uh, to him. I am Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's witness that I saw him in the dark, darkness of the night in the, niche, in the niche mihrab, clutching his beard, shaking as if he was bitten by a poisonous animal, poisonous animal. He was crying like a mourning person, and his voice, voice echoes in my mind. To this day, when he said and kept on repeating, O oh my Lord, O oh my Lord, and humbled himself before Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Then he addressed the material world saying, You want to deceive me, and you, want, you, beautify, you beautify yourself for me only. Get out of here. Go and deceive someone else. Your sittings are wretched, and your hardships are easy. O oh my, O oh my. The preparation for, this, for the hereafter is little, and the journey is long, and the path is dangerous. Mm-hmm. And that's Ali. Yeah. 
These are like the attributes of the Prophet, peace be upon him, right? You know, his teeth are like pearls. And that is Ali. May Allah be pleased with him. Yeah, one of the problems of modern Western Islam is, or Muslims, is that we've been minimizing the greatness of all the Sahabas, but especially uh, Ali, may Allah be pleased with him. Like to convince ourselves that we're not Shias and such. Um, but no, we revere him and his greatness. My nickname actually going with Fazali. Really? Yeah. Oh, mashallah. So, uh, Very good. Okay, let's continue. By the time Dalar finished, Sayyiduna Muawiyah an was weeping. His beard was soaked with tears and he repeatedly wiped them with his cuffs. Other people in the gathering wept and sobbed. Sayyiduna Muawiyah an finally said, You spoke the truth, Abu Hassan, was uh, as you described him. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgive him. Then he asked Dalar, how much do you owe? How much do you mourn the death of Ali radiallahu an? Uh, Dara replied, "Like a mother whose only child is slaughtered in her lap, her crying cannot stop and her grief cannot can never diminish." After this, Dara returned. Mm -hmm. This is love, right? A lot of times we speak uh, of the Sahaba through the lens of duty, and what they are consumed with is love for each other, love for the Prophet peace be upon him. This is the behavior of love, you know. Tell me about him. What was he like? And you're remembering your friend. You know, you're remembering your brother through these stories. Ihsan is one of the foundations of the deen, and therefore the deen can never be complete without it. This is why the Blessed Prophet ﷺ said, I am the source of wisdom, and Ali radiallahu an is its door. Meaning that Sayyidina Ali radiallahu an is the portal for all the different paths, lines of tasawwuf, uh, lines of tasawwuf, of tasawwuf, suluk, and wisdom. Therefore, those who say tasawwuf is taken from Hindu pundits and su uh, sadhus, sadhus are truly ignorant of deen. The sawaf began in the time of the Blessed Prophet and its continuation in a, in a specific form reaches us through Sayyiduna Ali radiallahu an, as will be mentioned later. This is a lengthy topic, but my health will not allow me to explain it to the, to the fullest. Okay, so so the tariqahs trace themselves back to Ali, may I be pleased with them. Some go even from Ali to Abu Bakr, um, but basically the idea being that this spiritual path, this path of wisdom, it's sort of like the lineage of Ali. Like the, the Maliki school, of fiqh is sort of like the lineage of Umar, may Allah be pleased with him. Mm. The Hanafi school is like the lineage of Abdullah ibn Mas'ud, and the Sawuf is the lineage of Ali. Yeah. Does he say this is a lengthy topic, but my health will not allow me to explain it to the folks because he's sick, or is it because, like, if I talked about it for the rest of my life, I uh, That I don't know. That's a good question. Uh, this type of book is usually the type of book someone writes in their latter years. Mm. It's kind of summing a lot of these things up, so it could be that he's getting old. Mm. Allah knows best. <clears throat> Shortcomings in our understanding. One should not deduce from all that has been said that an objection never arose in my mind about a hadith. I had objections, but whenever I could not fit an answer, I, I blamed it on my own lack of knowledge. When my daughter was small and reading the Qaid Baghdadiya, a primary booklet for learning Arabic, she would connect the letters and say, Alif Madda'a Noon Fatana Ana. Ba Alif Fata Ba Noon Fatana Bana. Bana. Oh, Bana. And likewise, she went on Thana, Thana, etc. Her mother then taught her Hamza, Madda, A, Noon, Fatana, Ana. He, my daughter jumped up and said, How could this be Ana, mother? It should be uh, Hamzana. Her mother quickly turned the matter over to, me, saying, uh, over to me, saying, When your father comes, ask him. And when I was tired of explaining to her, I said, You do not understand at this time. When you get older, everything will be clear to you. 
Likewise, when I had an objection regarding hadith, I remembered my answer to my daughter. You will, you do not understand at this time. This is a very, very important point. Sometimes over the course of your study, you will come across things that you have trouble reconciling, right? You have trouble making sense of. That how could this be true? If this is true, then this means all these other things. Like, for example, you know, I had a student who struggled with the fact that the Prophet, peace be upon him, you know, that the story behind the revelation of the last two surahs Mu'adhatayn is that the Prophet was made very sick because some women put a curse on him. And so I had a student who struggled with that quite a bit. How could that be? That means everything is vulnerable, right? And, and I've had students struggle with different things over the years. And one of the important points is that for some people, they'll say, okay, forget it. I can't believe any of this, okay, because of this one particular thing. And a better approach is, okay, if it's not central, put it on the side, and inshallah, if I need to understand it, I will. That's the approach you take. I mean, it'd be one thing if you're like, how does, where does Allah come from? Okay, that's a little bit different. But most issues are very, very secondary, tertiary issues. Okay, this mashallah completes the introduction. Uh, next time, inshallah, we'll get into chapter one, the Holy Quran. Mashallah, we made it pretty far. Yeah, alhamdulillah. Any other questions or thoughts? No. Uh, I have a lot of thoughts right now. <laughs> okay, <laughs> all right. Subhanakallahumma ilaha illa anta firukana to be lake. Subhanakallahumma bihamdika nashadu illa ilaha illa anta nastafirukana to be lake. Subhanakallahumma bihamdika nashadu illa ilaha illa anta nastafirukana to be lake. Wa akhirat awana anil hamdulillah hirubil alameen.